0: Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's another edition of the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens, President and Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors. On today's show, we're going to talk about the five things to know about capital gains. Capital gains. David, an important topic and Uh, Capital gains, not quite as talked about as much as, um, you know, some of the other tax implications that politicians will bring up. Uh, It's not talked about as much as income tax and those kinds of things, but it does draw attention every election cycle, and it's something that pops up, and it does tend to change from time to time the rules surrounding capital gains, and you wanted to talk about some of the most important things to know about capital gains on today's show, so I can't wait. I, I think this is often a topic that maybe doesn't get covered enough.
1: Well, I'm sure there are chills running up and down a lot of listener spines right now, because this is going to be... Actually, I think it is going to be super exciting. It's a benefit. It's a tax benefit in our tax code. And if you don't know it or understand it, typically you don't get the benefit from it. So... Well, hold on. I, I I'm, hope...
0: all, I'm already all ears because you're calling it a tax <laughs> ben- a, a benefit, but I'm... I'm thinking here, oh, wait, I I make money on on selling something. I've got to pay taxes on it. That's that's not a benefit, David.
1: (laughs) Well, it depends on the rate at which you pay those taxes. And that's what we're talking (laughs) about today. Uncle Sam is going to get some money. Question is, how much?
0: All right. What's the first thing we should know about capital gains?
1: Well, the, the deciding factor between whether it's, you know, a good capital gain or long-term capital gain is is the most basic and that is the difference between a short-term capital gain and a long-term capital gain so that's actually pretty simple in that a short-term capital gain is what you get let's say you first of all you have to sell whatever it is let's call it a stock or a mutual fund you have to sell it in order to generate either a capital gain or a capital loss if you've held that let's call it a stock If you've held that stock for less than one year, then the gain is going to be classified as a short-term capital gain. But if you've held it for one day longer than a year, then it's a long-term capital gain. You've got to sell it to have it be a gain, and then it's either short-term or long-term. Which leads us to the second thing to know, which is, why do I care? And is one better than the other? So the answer is, yeah, long-term capital gains are a lot better from a tax standpoint than a short-term capital gain. And here's what I mean by that. If you happen to find yourself in the 10 or 12% tax bracket, so if you're married filing jointly, that means that you have taxable income of less than 81 grand. If you sell something as a capital gain and it's a short-term capital gain, then that gain is going to be taxed at 12% but if you sell it as a long-term capital gain, it's gonna be taxed at zero. Now- That sounds pretty good. (laughs) I see the benefit now, David, okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. So you can give 12% to Uncle Sam or zero. Now you're still gonna owe Topeka or Jeff City or wherever it is, if you happen to live in Texas, you don't owe anybody else anymore. Uh, But you're still gonna owe the state a tax on that gain. But feds say, nope, if you're in the 10 or 12% bracket and you do a long-term capital gain, something you held for more than a year, your tax rate on that is zero. That may not be the case two, three, five, or 10 years from now, but it's been that way for a while. And it'll almost certainly be that way in 2021. So that's something to keep in mind as you are, maybe you have a stock you've held for 11 months. And for some reason, you're interested in selling, and it happens to be a nice gain, you, have to, you really should take a look and say, do I want to hold that for another month so that I can get long-term capital gain treatment? Let me circle back around then, Walter. I, we have a lot of listeners that are not in the 10 or 12% bracket. They're actually in maybe the 22% bracket or the 24% bracket. And so they have a slightly different tax, but it's still a, a benefit. So in, in their case if they do a, let's say you're in the 24% bracket, your taxable income is just is over $172,000 married. And you sell something short-term capital gain, well, your income is at 24% and your short-term capital gain is at 24%. No benefit whatsoever. But if you hold that until it's a long-term capital gain, instead of paying 24% to the federal government, you pay 15%. So not zero, but still pretty darn good. And all the way up to... Uh, taxable income of about $475,000, you pay that 15%. Over and above that, your tax on a long-term capital gain is 20%. Well, your tax bracket might be 35 or 37%, but on a long-term capital gain, it's only 20 That's one of the things that, that President Biden has said he wants to change, especially for people that make over $400,000 a year, that might be a 2021 change, it might be a 2022 change. It's likely to change. So the more you have, the more at risk you are of your tax rate going up. But the difference, the taxable difference between a long-term and a short-term capital gain can be big. And so it's absolutely worth knowing where you are with each of your holdings before you sell.
0: That's a great point. So uh, as of now, no matter your income, long-term capital gain is going to give you a benefit over the short term. However, for high earners, that could change somewhere in the future.
1: Exactly. And okay. what that ends up being, you know, if it's greater than 400,000, that's subject to change. We'll see what Congress says when they get around to it. But right now, everybody gets a benefit from taking a long-term capital gain versus a short-term.
0: Now, does this change depending on where you're investing? In something, David. So, like this, so far, everything we've talked about is if I'm just like in a regular old account, I've just taken taken some money, bought some stocks and mutual funds or whatever, what whatever you know the case may be, and I've been buying and selling it short, t- some short, some long. This is describing those, um, you know, those consequences. Does that change at all depending on what vehicle we're using to in- invest in or uh, you know make those choices in?
1: Yeah, so strangely enough, Walter, that's the third thing that you need oh, to know about <laughs> about capital gains. If, you're, if your account that you're working with is an IRA or a Roth IRA, then it doesn't matter. There is no such thing as short-term or long-term. It's just, it's just a gain, and, and you take it, and you don't owe any taxes on that. The only way the IRS gets money from you in an IRA is not when you buy and sell, but when you withdraw money. So, and, and everybody who's listened to us for the last, I hate to go the Roth IRA route here, but everybody knows, if you're a, if you're a dedicated listener to this, to this podcast, that every penny that you take out of your IRA, whenever that is, gets taxed as ordinary income. So it'd be kind of cool if there was a long-term capital gain benefit in your IRA, but that doesn't exist. Uncle Sam says, wait a minute, I've been waiting a long time to tax this money coming out of your IRA. And now I'm going to tax it just like a paycheck at the highest possible marginal rate based on all the other money you have. Social security, pension, whatever all those things are, throw your, your uh, withdrawal and that's the rate you're going to pay. So just as a kind of a clear example, let's say you've saved a million bucks in an IRA. Well, right now, based on tax rates, that's about 70% for you and about 30% for the IRS and Topeka or the IRS and Jeff City. Uh, if you happen to have that, you would only need 700000 in a Roth because in a Roth, when you take money out of it, that is 100% yours. That money was taxed long ago and the earnings grow tax-free. So a million-dollar IRA is roughly equa- equivalent to a $700,000 Roth. And then just to circle all the way back, There is no calculation for long-term versus short-term. You can liquidate those stocks or mutual funds inside of your IRA anytime you want, and there is no tax consequence to doing that. The only tax consequence is when you take money out of that account and use it for yourself.
0: So that whole think twice before you sell... I mean, that's probably a good rule of thumb any time, but in particular, <laughs> if talking about capital gains, doesn't exist if you're in the Roth IRA as an example versus uh, just in a traditional trading account.
1: Correct. So the, the whole discussion of short-term versus long-term is only related to a traditional brokerage account, not an IRA and not a Roth IRA. Uh,
0: David, that sounds like another real benefit of, uh, of IRAs, and in particular, the... Yeah, Yeah. let's Let's go, go. R-O-P-H, Roth, Roth, Roth. (laughs) Another uh, positive of our old friend, the Roth IRA. Yeah,
1: somehow I I thought that was coming. You knew knew it was. (laughs) was.
0: Very good. All right, so short-term and long-term, we know the differences between them, uh, where it kind of kicks in in different places. Uh, but in the IRAs and the 401ks, doesn't matter um, as we you know buy and sell different things. It's, it's not keeping uh, you know, track of those capital gains. It's all happening just at the end of those accounts when we take things out. Those are three, so far, things to know about capital gains. What else is there?
1: Well, so one thing we talked about at a, at a probably a December or late November podcast was tax loss harvesting. And so what I want to say here is, number four, the thing you should know about capital gains is, if you sell something at a loss and something at a gain, you get to subtract those two. And you only pay taxes on the net difference. And if you're looking at your tax forms, that's going to be on Schedule D. Schedule D is where you find your loss carry for it if you have one, the top of the second page. So let's take a, a real quick example. Let's say that you have a year in which you took 6000 of gains and... 12,000 of losses. So you have more losses than you have gains. So the losses wipe out the gains and you have 6,000 extra that you have to that you can carry forward. A little benefit is the IRS allows you to take an additional 3,000 of those losses over and above the gains that you had taken. And you get to deduct that $3,000 in addition to wiping out your other gains. A little bit complicated, but those losses that you take in prior years don't go away. They continue to be a benefit for you as time goes on, even if you don't have gains in a particular year. Make sure you um, uh, talk to your tax professional about that, but it's it's a really good benefit to know about offsetting losses with gains get to year end and you may have some portfolio, some items in your portfolio, some stocks or mutual funds that maybe you wish you didn't have and you've got some gains earlier in the year and you decide here at year end, I'm going to sell some stock at a loss to offset some gains I've already taken. One really quick, now I'm a little bit in the weeds here, Walter, but there's something called the wash sale rule and that's really important for, for people. Um, working with these taxable brokerage accounts. If you sell something at a a loss on purpose, because you maybe want to take the gain, take the loss, I mean, you're not allowed to buy back that same stock for at least 30 days or you don't get to count the loss. That's called the wash sale rule. The IRS won't allow you to sell something at a loss, buy it back the next day and count the loss. So that's a little bit wonky. But your tax professional will absolutely understand that. And as you're taking gains and losses, especially around year end, you'll want to know that wash sale rule too. We covered
0: a little bit of that, I believe, in our final tax strategies of 2020 episode, which was episode 105 posted in late December. So go check that out, episode 105. If you want to learn a little bit more about end of year uh, financial and especially tax strategies, you can take advantage of where we expand on that topic a little bit more. Uh, That's certainly a good uh, episode to go check out. Even though we're not at the end of 2021, uh, some of those things that we talk about will just be good to keep in mind as we go throughout the year. So that makes sense, David. I know that that's something that you want to do carefully and understand with your financial advisor or with a tax advisor as you look at offsetting gains and those kinds of things. But it's good to know that that option is there if you experience those losses and and how that works with capital gains. What's the last thing that we need to know about capital gains, at least in the scope of today's show?
1: Well, so uh, it's just a word on annuities. Uh, I have a, had a number of clients who maybe they inherited an annuity from a parent or they own an annuity and they're wondering about the tax treatment of that. Uh, annuities have certain benefits, but one of them is not necessarily a tax benefit. So any income that you get from an annuity is always counted as ordinary income there is no such thing as a long-term or a short-term capital gain with annuity income the income is tax deferred like an ira until you take the money out so it grows tax deferred but when you take it out there is no benefit for having held it more than a year it's just ordinary income at your highest marginal tax rate
0: ordinary income at highest Marginal tax rate.
1: <laughs> That's not a phrase you really necessarily want to hear. But yeah, usually you know, the you benefit kind of the is when we get bad. to
0: pay less than the income taxes, right?
1: Exactly. And so there is no benefit like that. That's one of the benefits that don't exist with annuities.
0: Good to know. So uh, keep that in mind as you evaluate those uh, products as part of your financial plan. That doesn't mean to throw them out, uh, David, right? We just need to know that that's part of the equation going into it as we evaluate different strategies, right? Oh,
1: absolutely. So just a really quick example. I have a client. uh, I've had more than one client in this exact same situation, but mom has some annuities and mom's getting late in life. And mom has a very low tax bracket, but the kids are in higher tax brackets and mom has had this annuity that she's had for a lot of years and she's never taken any money out. What she can do is take money out of that annuity, incur the tax liability at her low tax bracket, instead of eventually dying, having that inheritance go to her kids and they have to pay at the higher, at their higher tax bracket. So there are things to understand that that can benefit families. You just need to get some, some good, investment and tax advice. And sometimes that ends up benefiting everybody and, and hopefully hopefully, it ends up benefiting you.
0: Absolutely. And if you have any questions about anything we talked about on today's show, uh, feel free to reach out to David Dickens. You can have a conversation about uh, this topic and more as it relates to financial and retirement planning. 913-317-1414 is the number to dial. That's 913-317-1414. you can go to CoverYourAssetsKC.com to get in touch as well. You can listen to past episodes of the show there, ask your questions, and tap into other great resources. CoverYourAssetsKC.com, that place to check out. And uh, we'll put links and contact information in the description of today's show, so it's easy for you to find as well. David, thanks for breaking down capital gains for us, and we'll look forward to another great show with you next week.
1: i look forward to it as well, Walter. Thanks.
0: Very good. That's David Dickens. I'm Walter Storhold. Appreciate your time and for joining us on the show today. We'll look forward to chatting with you again soon, right back here on the Cover Your Assets KC Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor, BCM and KC Financial Advisors are independent of each other.